Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Oh, we're getting close to Christmas. We are, man. I'm super, super busy. You've, uh, well, do you want to tell our listeners about your new thing that happened this week? Well, I continue to defy expectation for a man with no degree or interpersonal <laughs> skills. And I've got myself a new job for um, the rather large global software company, Zero. It's awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. You missed me during the week. I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, I, I, the way you were messaging me leading up to it, talking about the interviews and stuff, it felt like to me you were like, well, I applied for it. But, you know, I'm not really bothered if I get it or not. And then slowly but surely, it seemed like you wanted it kind of more and more. And it seemed like something you really wanted to do. So when you got it, I was like, holy shit, man, that's so cool. It was one of those really weird instances where you read a job description. You're like, oh, I could do that. That'd be quite good. <laughs> and then during the interview, I was like, this isn't what this job description is. <laughs> this job sounds awesome. I've been interviewed for the wrong thing. And I said afterwards, I was like, is this, I mean, the job description I've got sounds nothing like this. And mm. they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we just need to try and get the right person. <laughs> and I was like, logic, yeah. And I was like, what a great, but um, I was like, we were just talking about off pod. It's, you know, I know everything will be nice, new and shiny for when you move into a new job. But I think I sent you a picture of the offices. You did, um, yeah, in very London. posh. And it's just one of these roles where, you know, the work itself on offer is great they're a global company um i get to be part of their employee share scheme so i get to own part of the company as years go on which is pretty cool and it also means i'll be fully home-based which means i can watch non-stop wrestling (laughs) uh, which means i can just continually give my love to wcw nitro got one hand doing taxes the other painting miniatures you know eyes on the wrestle tour (laughs) (laughs) and at some point just make sure nothing compliance goes wrong with the software and go how did you let that slip through the net? I was painting a goblin. <laughs> I'm sure that's a reasonable excuse, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd be out on my bum quite quickly, but I'll just go and work at Games Workshop. Dude, legitimately, we had a, a meeting on a Friday for WrestleTalk where we just basically, what are we going to do today and what we can do over the weekend and how's it all going to work? And they got to me and I'd done all my work and I was like, I'm going to make a 40k list. And they were like, finally, something interesting to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you get on with your cult? Because uh, you were Gene Steeler oh, Cult. Because I get, I that's get what wrecked. people listen to the wrestling pod for. Mate, my Gene Steeler Cult get wrecked every single time I take them on the table because they're fucking terrible. They are the ultimate glass cannon. I when when you sent me that you were using Gene Steeler Cult, mm. I was like, hmm. No, I'm <laughs> Is aware. This a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of the reputation. It's more that I read. I basically I looked at all the models and I read some of the stories about the backgrounds of those particular armies and stuff was like oh these guys are for me and then i started using them and comparing the stats to space marines it was like i've made a mistake (laughs) well to not go on it in in too much more detail i i had a bit of a result because uh as some of you who follow uh, me on twitter will know that sometimes i chat a little bit about blood bowl which is a games workshop game (laughs) welcome to the warhammer podcast (laughs) (laughs) it's overrated but i am i'm running i'm for the next season i'm going to run a dwarf team i've called them the uh, the gray beards because i'm getting old (laughs) and i'm tiny um but there's a special character which is the death roller and 
that it's a Forge World model and it's been out of stock for a while. It's about 50 quid. And I was like, oh, I can't really justify this to my wife. But then I found a company that makes models in Spain called Vortis Models. Okay. And they've created their own version of the Dwarf Death Roller that was 11 quid. And it's an awesome model. So I've ordered it from Spain and that might arrive in time for <laughs> Christmas for a little painting project. But on top of painting, I'll be watching a lot of professional wrestling like there was in the 17th of June in 1996. Nice transition, friend. Yeah, we should probably talk about wrestling for our wrestling podcast. You know, it's called the World of Wrestling Podcast. That's <laughs> um, what it is. If you followed us on the social channels as well, um, and or if you don't and you still listen to this podcast regularly... Um, we noticed that we've topped 10,000 listens to the pod this week. How overall. insane is that? 10,000 times people have clicked that play button on our podcast. It just its bonkers to me. I mean, I know my mum's been in isolation since her brain <laughs> up in January, but she's got to learn to skip track rather than repeat. It's me just hitting refresh 10,000 times. You know, <laughs> <laughs> There's a bot somewhere doing it for us. <laughs> yeah, it's called Louie. <laughs> <laughs> I employed him. Anyway, so this is part seven of our The Formation of the NWO series. Uh, part seven of ten. So we're getting towards the end of this series, man. We're getting closer and closer. Uh, this is the... Been, Go on. I was going to say, it's been a wild ride so far um, with some great mm. content and then some pretty naff nitros until there's one moment in a nitro that goes, that was awesome. What a great show. It tends to be the pattern, especially for like the last five or six shows, you know? The first two or three, the first show was the worst show I've ever seen in my life, I think. Then there was like one or two really fun episodes where stuff was happening. We're getting like Regal and Sting and Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko and, you know, the NWA stuff on top of that. Then there was this kind of dip. And then Great American Bash was really fun. And it was good to have Louie on the pod to have a different perspective almost. You know what I mean? But this show, (laughs) it's a bit, it's a bit of shit, isn't it? This show was an advert for the repeat of the pay-per-view. Yeah, I think that's fair. So it's WCW Monday Nitro, the 17th of June, 1996. We are at the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia, USA. Uh, USA, five, USA. Exactly. 5,638 people in the crowd. Not bad. Um, we've got basically, or we'll get onto the commentary and stuff in a, in a bit. But yeah, this show, it's... um, Hmm didn't hit the heights of even like the worst of the nitros we've seen on the last few there's there's moments that were fun yeah they like they they tried to give away an, an old mania match of three as we'll get to and they tried to repeat the fantastic barn burner of mysterio and malenko again hmm. on this week's episode but it just seemed to be notable players who have been featuring up to the great american bash are not there we don't have any sign of fire and ice because one of them's fire, one of them's ice. I've got a list of those as well. Yeah, go on. Who else? We're missing fire and ice. Do you get it? We don't have the blue bloods in here. No, no blue bloods. No. Not really any appearance of sting. No, no sting. No luger. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I've enjoyed uh, Coach Wicked and Will Powers. Um, Luger loving on the Twitter feeds. They're it's idiots. Great. They suck. They're the worst human beings <laughs> in the world. I love you. I love the USS Intrepid. Mm. <laughs> See, that was a moment. It's just the rest of his career that's fucking useless. You know. He had more prominence when Kenny mentioned him on Impact. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny did the helicopter better than Lex did. I'm going to say it now. How are you finding that? How are you finding the, this crossover? Because yeah, let's be honest, 
this show will cover, it's not great. So let's do it. You know, we'll, we can deviate a little bit. Yeah, How I... are you finding this Impact and AEW merge, considering that every single time AEW mentions Impact, they bury them through Tony Schiavone? <laughs> I would say the highlight of impact was the ads with Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone, Schiavone, whatever. Uh, we've in- we've increased impact's viewer rating from one to six. It was so good, man. It was so funny. There was uh, the very first impact where they had one of those ads. Tony Schiavone had a line where he went, uh, yeah. I did a show for TNA once. And I left the wrestling business for 20 years. <laughs> like, oh, it's so funny. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I, I wish it was with New Japan, not with TNA, Impact, whatever, you know? Because I tried to watch that first Impact show with Kenny on it, and I was like, yeah, the bits with Kenny are fun, and there's some reasonable wrestling, but I don't give a shit about any of it, you know? like, Yeah, the the big problem with Impact at the moment is they're, they're, they're nine months behind, because remember watching SmackDown and Raw at the PC mm. when there's no fans. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I like the idea of the Thunderdome, the product WWE are putting out at the moment is absolute dross, yeah. but we need it to keep going so you can keep a job. <laughs> Point 0.5 for Raw in the 14, 18 to 49s, you know. 0.5. Uh, I, I, I go with the argument that, you know, a lot of the big advertisers don't care, they just want numbers. But, yeah. like, I, I, but as you said, you're looking for, when we can return to it, that live market. You're, I know the TV deals are important, but they're doing fine on Fox because Roman Reigns is is a big name doing a good character, but they've just essentially flipped it. Raw is the B show, and they don't give a shit. I'd be furious if I was USA. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've had the A show this whole time, and Fox of all people come along and steal that from you. Essentially, I'd be fucking furious. But but I I wonder if the whole idea, the long term game plan, is to try and get Raw onto Fox, and so by essentially not trying usa might either let them out early and fox going we'll give you a bit more money just to bring your terrible 1.5 rating over to us off to the one american network mate you know (laughs) 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 so i was having this thing i was thinking about this the other day and we will we will talk wcw we'll just round this up a little bit and we'll get on with it we're just taking the piss lovely listener um but you know how WWE have one of the top 10 subscribed youtube channels in the whole entire world Yes. Seems odd that they wouldn't put their TV shows in that very popular YouTube channel they can make shitloads of money off. Exactly. And, you know, you mm. can't monetize wrestling on YouTube, as we've said several times before, but WWE seems to do a right out of it. And that's the thing, isn't it? You get the, like, all the Lana, Lashley, and Rusev segments you had in the summer when it was the wedding, and that got, like, three million views. Yeah. Can you imagine the money they get for the three million views. I mean, uh, even... I can very much imagine the money because I've looked mm. at the WrestleTalk analytics. I have an idea about how much advertising makes on YouTube. And you've got to remember, the WWE uh, have got billions upon billions of subscribers. It's insane how many they've got. Exactly. And I think that going forward, you'll have Raw on the network and highlights on YouTube to make them the extra money. Mm. There are other avenues out of american tv networks do you know what i mean and i think this access is tv <laughs> dude are you sure yeah, I, who i i i don't know where you could find it you you ask your tv and it says why <laughs> so funny man so uh on commentary tonight for this nitro we've got bobby heenan yay tony Schiavone, yay and larry zabisco yay 
<laughs> so the first hour is Tony Schiavone and Larry Zbysko, and the second hour is Tony Schiavone and Bobby Heenan. No Bischoff. And why is that, Tax? He had an accident with a table and a stage and an outsider. He certainly did. A couple of outsiders, if you will. Um, so when we first started this series, I posed some questions to you. And now we're kind of like we've hit that second pay-per-view. We're about halfway through. I thought we'd revisit these questions until maybe we then revisit them right at the end of the series, you know. So the first thing I posed to you was, is the in-ring wrestling of good quality? Overall, how do you feel about the quality of the in-ring work that we've watched over the last seven weeks? It's Marmite. It's either brilliant or shit. Yeah. There's nothing that I go, ah, that wasn't bad. There are a couple of good spots, but eh. it's either, ha, that's hilariously terrible or crikey. Guerrero, Sting, Flair, Mysterio, Malenko are pretty good at this time, aren't they? Yep, absolutely. Um, the other one was, who have they suggested would be the third man? And this one seems very clearly, it's Sting or Luger to me. Yeah, they're, they're the two they're pushing. More so Luger to start with because of the, the dissension they had leading into Slamboree at the yeah. start of this, uh, this series. But they're the only two we've suggested. I mean, only because we know they keep on for the last four weeks name-dropping Hogan. Mm-hmm. And like they said again on this show, Hogan's called us and he's put his name in the hat and he says that we need him, he will come, and he will battle for WCW. And it's like, why do they keep mentioning Hogan? And when you look back at it, you go, here's all the clues. The Hogan clues are there. But at that time, and to completely detach it from when you were there, it's this case of, oh, Hogan's not noncing off at another TV show. Bloody hell. Yeah, because he's not been on any of these shows. He's done a few video packages. And there's been like, you know, a Hulkamania banner behind someone or like on a locker. There's a couple on this show where there's like a Hulk Hogan scarf or something. I think it is like one of the... One of, blah, blah over one of the lockers but that's about it like they bring him up in the occasional promo or vignette and that's really the extent of hogan's involvement at this point i'm wondering at this stage as well um because i read controversy creates cash but i can't and obviously there was a lot of talk of sting originally being planned to be the third man yeah but i can't remember if it was mentioned in the book or because it's been quite a long time since i read this um you know almost 10 years since i last read that book do you recall how near to bash at the beach that it was decided that Hogan was going to be the third man. So I listened to Bischoff's podcast about it maybe a year, kind of like 18 months ago. Uh, and Oh, sorry, spoiler alert, Hogan's the third man. Oh, no, no way. <laughs> I think every wrestling fan in existence knows, right? Someone's cursing. It's like, well, I was waiting for the final four bloody episodes of your podcast, you assholes. Uh, anyway, so uh, Bischoff talks about it. And he says literally up until that night, he had Sting ready to go to be the third man. And Hogan came in literally at the last hour and was like, okay, let's do it. Let's pull the trigger. And so that, we'll we'll talk about when we get to it, but Hogan's look on his face, his temperament when he's coming down to the ring, you can kind of tell from watching the clip a million times as a wrestling fan that he's still worrying whether this is the right decision or not. It's only till he drops the leg, hears the response, and knows he has to sell it that that kind of performer kicks in of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, as we said, you know, I love Hayden, but can you imagine? He he gave it away. <laughs> like, <laughs> is I he the, who's the third part. man? Whatever the quote is, yeah. <laughs> well, but whose side is he on? That's the one, yeah. 
So um, I, I really don't think they've suggested anyone apart from really Sting or Luger could be the third man. There's certainly no suggestion of Mabel or something crazy like that, you know. No, nothing at all. I said not even like heel champion giant. They haven't suggested that once, as far as I'm aware. No, his first mention came in his promo in this episode of having potential beef and war with the outsiders. Mm. Yeah. So, um, the other two things we wanted to talk about as we go along were firstly the commentary and what we thought of it, and I would say the commentary has been fucking outstanding every single week. It's been funny informative like you know they're flying by the seat of their pants and they've got no script no information or whatever but they've done such a good job especially as Zabisco and Shivoni for me have been amazing like Heenan's kind of calling it in Bischoff obviously is the head of the table who knows what's going on but I've grown so much respect for Tony Shivoni in 96 and Larry Zabisco I think he's hilarious the first hours of these nitros since they've gone to two hours have been really enjoyable. Like we've said on previous pods, which you can go and listen to on our archives at worldofrestingpodcast.com. Please do. The, the Bischoff and Heenan dynamic is purely selling the story, whereas Tony and Larry, it's the, it's the, it's the total Luger. It's the Lex Luger. It's got the informative parts of the, the wrestling. It's got the backstory. It's got the, the actual calling the spots in the ring. I really like these two as a duo. And it's interesting when you look towards the Attitude Era, how everyone goes, oh, JR and King, they were outstanding. And I know that this duo potentially isn't long for this world. As time goes on, they, they transition to three-man booth, which I think takes a lot away from it in the future. Sure. But but together, for hour one, I I remember that Tony was really good. Um, but I never had the appreciation i do of larry zabisco on commentary as a heel commentator he's he's brilliant yeah i only really remember um kind of commentary for wcw kind of 98 99 when i started watching uh wcw specifically as well as wf um so mark I'd... madden <laughs> yeah sure so i'd never really heard much of these guys 97 and 96 in this sort of time period and oh they're so great man really really fun um the other thing is how what's the production like like quality wise and it's very hit and miss i think nitro's production is outstanding it's really really fun for the time there's lots of pyro light lit well um we'll talk about the ring and stuff in a second because it changes for this show but the pay-per-view production is pretty terrible shoddy very shoddy the difference between nitro and pay-per-view is really shocking and i wonder why that's a thing i wonder whether tnt i know what it is go on it's because for Nitro, they use TNT cameras and production team, yeah. whereas for pay-per-view, they had to use their own staff, which is why you see them do end credits. Because uh, even like the video packages and the way they move the cameras around stuff is very different on pay-per-view to Nitro. Nitro and TNT's production is generally really, really good. Yeah, and again, from a business standpoint, it helped the WCW bottom line. I know it all got bundled in as sundry other on the tnt sort of balance sheet and pnl side of things but the fact that you had those resources that you didn't have to dip into your own company budget was a case of here's your resource paul what do we need for tv on monday night oh we need to send these production guys down to like richmond virginia we're going to go and do tv sure. and they'll go great we'll go 
Yeah, I imagine it's kind of like a bit of a break from doing NFL or NBA or something. It's a bit more chilled, you know. You just point the ring, point the camera at the ring, live yeah. for the best. <laughs> Guaranteed two hours and you're out. Not like an NFL game. Sure, sure. They're they're nowhere near the level of WF production at this time. Like nowhere near. WF crew is trained and screamed that relentlessly. I imagine so they get perfect shots consistently. They're just so so well trained. The WCW lot are, are good. It's high quality, but it's not wrestling production. It's just here's sports production. Sports. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, we'll revisit this uh, when we do Bash at the Beach, maybe just right at the end, just to kind of see if anything massively changes. But I doubt it will. So, yes, yeah, I really want to have this discussion. Cheers, man. I'm happy we agree on most of it. I think, and let us know at World of Rest Pod, dear listener, if you agree, if you can spot any other clues that we've not seen so far for the third mm. man be interested to hear your thoughts yeah sure so uh on this night just run through the show there's not much to talk about but ooh, there's a few funny bits i guess uh there's a dark match do you see this with conan and jim powers oh i did not know this no guys we don't get conan on the show we don't get eddie guerrero on the show we don't get ddp uh, on the show oh uh, good point yeah no ddp no we don't get kevin green we don't get hall or nash oh, Kevin Green not being there is understandable, though. No, of course. He's 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 selling the he's selling that big fish, the halibut. Mm. <laughs> Tony Schiavone welcomes us to the show. WCW Monday Nitro erupts on the air. Yep, he said that. Uh, we are coming to you live from the state capital of Virginia. The best fact they could find out about Richmond, apparently, uh, at the <laughs> Richmond Coliseum. Two solid hours of the hottest television program in the entire world. Wait, they're showing The Bachelor? <laughs> Again, there's there's no story putting over it. It's just, here we are, we're big, we're good. Please watch. It's, it's okay, but it's it's not the quality of Vince or JR or whatever, you know? It's 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 quite a cold open, really. It's a case of, hmm. here's Nitro. At least he didn't stumble over his words too much in this one. You know, Tony's definitely starting to settle into this weekly live production stuff. No, he's just erupting (laughs) into your screens. I love that both him and Larry Zabisco, when they cut to them, have got polo neck suit jacket combos. I'm like, ooh. (laughs) I I feel we need this more in our lives. I mean, when wrestling starts again in 2022, it's going to be great. I can't wait. They they start to put over, you know, the stories that are happening. And Zabisco has a really good line here where he talks about picking up skinny little Bischoff, not impressing him. And those two clowns are not welcome back here. So they're still putting over the NWO stuff. And this is the nice thing with Zabisco. He's fully heel unless it's about his employer. Yeah. Then it's deadly serious of the United against a common front, which I think is obviously a precursor to WCW versus NWO. Yeah, that definitely works for his character. Do you know whose character that line doesn't work for? Everyone else. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan, mainly? Hmm. We'll get to, oh, we'll get to your favourite wrestler. Jesus a bit Christ, man, that promo. We'll get to so, I mean, at least he was on the show. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. Uh, they definitely prioritise um, the Mongo turn on Kevin Green here. This is obviously the big story from the pay-per-view. Uh, and they do a good job of talking about it and basically lead us straight into our opening match, which is uh, St- Rick Steiner versus Stevie Ray. They're doing the classic, you know, two guys from a tag team having a singles match. And it's all right. 
as they call it, the Marty Jannetty match. <laughs> where they murder someone and hide. <laughs> He's got that red, white and blue running through his veins, man. Cold Sting, Steiner eyes. <laughs> great uh, uh stevie ray is in the purple harlem heat gear looks so good delightful gear for harlem heat i love the effort here with just the, the look of those guys they look so cool I mean, him and booker come out every time they look so unique you know i, I do like the fact though that they make such an effort <laughs> Dogface gremlin comes out he's like what the fuck oh, <laughs> where this where where my singlet? beach robe <laughs> <laughs> this little jacket's a bit cold here in virginia so it's this point when the match kicks off, Stevie jumps Rick. Uh, I notice the ring is different. We've not got the light blue with the yellow kind of target WCW logo in the middle anymore from the old spinning set. We've got a very, very small ring, I would say. Definitely smaller than the last Nitro we watched. Agreed? Yep. Yep. It's gone down. I think it's a 16-foot ring. Okay. Interesting. We'll exp- I'll talk about that in a second. But there's also, it's the same um, same color ropes. And so it's got black ropes, red turnbuckles. But now we've just got a plain kind of gray, very WWF looking canvas, to be honest. It's the, almost that light blue WWF sort of canvas, you know. It's what happened when they ordered their canvas on Wish. <laughs> it turned up without the logo. They were like, ah, oh, yeah. fuck. <laughs> so what difference does the uh, small ring make to a wrestler? Well. Um... You notice this more from wrestlers going from WCW to WWE because I think WCW used, I think it was either 16 or 18 foot ring and WWE have always had 20 foot rings. I wondered so, whether this arena was particularly small so they had to use an even smaller ring than usual because the set, like only one set of pyro was working on the set, for example. Someone got fired at TNT for that. I could have been. <laughs> at least, at least but, some of it was working tonight. If you are so used to working in one type of ring and yeah. move into another. So, I mean, prime example from my standpoint, I'm not even trying to compare myself from stepping up from WCW to WWE, but I was, I'd been only wrestling since I came back in an SEPW ring, which is a very decent sized big ring. And then I went and worked up at Wrestling 4. And again, they were using um, the Fight Club Pro training ring for the first show that I did for them. Right. And it was so much smaller. It was a case of, if I was doing th- three steps running the ropes, I was like, bloody hell, I can actually do this with my tiny little legs. <laughs> but it did make a huge difference um, being in ring and taking bumps and stuff in that tiny little ring because you've got to be so much more aware. And if you're crawling to try and get submission holds and feeding to looking for that camera to sell the moves and to try and reach the ropes, it's a case of... Almost anywhere in that ring, you could reach and get the rope. Mm. So it does restrict your storytelling. And also, if you're not used to working in it, it can lead to, as we saw in this show, quite a few cock-ups. Yeah, there's definitely um, an adjustment period, I would say. Yeah, timing was off on quite a lot of these matches. So basically, in the match, Stevie misses a big nothing off the top. Rick Steiner gives Stevie a clothesline for the one, Wallop. two, three. And you're like, oh... <laughs> That's a Steiner line. Bruh, he didn't even come off the ropes. Isn't that how he's meant to do it? Look, Steiner line. <laughs> he just clotheslined him and pinned him. And I was like, um, okay. I mean, I, I thought this was a very odd opener, to be fair. Very, very short match for two quite important tag teams. Yeah. 
So it was all about the follow-up. It's all about the follow-up for this. So immediately Booker jumps in and destroys Rick with a fucking axe kick thing. He's just... Oh, the athleticism of Booker T in 96 and the fact they did not push him until much, much later is an absolute travesty. This guy was primed and ready to go back then. Well done, Russo, spotting a star. <laughs> don't you dare. That's the, maybe the only good thing he ever did. I don't know. <laughs> Scotty out for the save. Uh, throws himself over Rick to stop Booker from coming off the top. And Booker kind of jumps down, looks at him and goes, what? And then that's the end of the segment. <laughs> it's like, what happened? Well, hang on, though. Booker went for the Harlem hangover. Yeah. So, you know, he's, hit, he's, hit, he's hitting all the finishes and... Um, you know, he's injured Scott Steiner. And remember, Scotty is in the main event. Yeah, they don't mention that at any point. Did you notice that? Nope. It's only when... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. No, tell a lie. They did. During the intro bump, when they were talking about Bischoff, and they also went, oh, and Scott Steiner's wrestling the giant for the title in the main event. God, with the amount of stuff they put over in that opening gambit or whatever, like the fact that they even mentioned it, I completely missed. Like, this is way too much information. And they don't seem to care that Scott Steiner's in that main event, even though... I would be putting that over. It's fucking Show and Steiner. That's a big match. Big dudes. Is it? Well, it, it, it's a big dude match. Is it big in this time? Because you know, in 96, s- dude, that's the heel champion who Giant's been pretty damn good the last few weeks. I would say he's actually impressed me. And Scotty is definitely on a roll. You know, he's been put over strong recently. I enjoyed hearing back in one of Pritchard's podcasts how they were looking to split the Steins and push Scotty in the Luger place before they signed him. Oh, he'd be so much better in that role. He's so much more aggressive. and He seems like a douchebag backstage from the stories I've heard or whatnot, but as, as, a, as a character on screen, I think he's one of the best heels ever. Can you imagine Scotty flying down in a helicopter slamming Yoko? <laughs> Are the propellers with the trajectory oh. heading up on the... <laughs> The, the 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 little powerboat, <laughs> and Scotty Steiner couldn't have said anything about Yokozuna because he would have gone straight for fictional heritage of one of the man from the islands and yeah, accidentally sure. been hideously inappropriate. Yeah, Scotty has uh, a few. I say accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let's hear from American Mouse. American Mouse. They have this uh, promo right right before we go to advert. And Riggs, completely emotionless, goes <laughs> live tonight on Benoit. The males, we're coming for business. <laughs> Can we analyze this sentence? <laughs> They've been watching Green and Mongo and decided to get on a piece of that bandwagon. <laughs> they calls themselves the males. Just in case there was doubt. Oh, so good. Coming for business. <laughs> I think I might have a splicey here. Live tonight, Arn Benoit, the males will come with business. Like the males, they always deliver. <laughs> but then Bagwell, like, I know he's not... Uh, he's not perfect by any means at this point. I'm trying to think of a different word, but that's the word that's come to mind. But his promo, at least it's like a sentence. <laughs> you know, he goes, look, 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 as far as I can barely talk. Look like, all right, Briggs. <laughs> Looks like there's been trouble between the four horsemen. Well, guess what? The males are going to solve it. <laughs> and it it's not great, but Bagwell is so much better than Riggs. It's not, it's unbelievable. 
It's amazing why one ended up in the main event and one ended up in the flock. Yeah, sure, man. Do you know that Riggs has got the clap? <laughs> you know that ECW gimmick, yeah? Yep. Good stuff. Uh, so <laughs> we come back from ads and my heart immediately sinks. Disco fever. Disco fever. We have to sit through another disco fever <clears throat> performance. Performance is a very good description of a disco inferno appearance. I noticed this time he had a disco ball that lowered from the ceiling, and I'm like, did they just have money to burn? <laughs> I guess we know the answer to that being TNT, you know? Smaller ring. <laughs> More money to buy gimmicks. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Disco does his promo. And, uh, mm. hey, Tax, do you want to see Disco Fever dance? <sighs> <laughs> That's what I paid my money for. Uh, <laughs> um, no, this character does not get over. It's not funny. It wasn't funny then. It's still not funny now. And the fact he's one of the components that ended Goldberg's streak in WCW is still sickening to me. Yeah. So the match is Disco Inferno versus Joe Gomez. You might be like, who's Joe Gomez? Well, he's a guitarist from Motley Crue. <laughs> is he? He <laughs> looks like that. He, he looks like he's a guitarist oh. from a, a, a hair metal band. Yeah, sure. So commentary tell us that Joe Gomez is one of the lads that Arn and Flair beat up in the corridor last week. Oh, whilst abusing uh, Mongo's wife in the in the locker room. That's, That's the right, one. Yeah. Yep. So here's his big match on Nitro. You know, his big debut. Disco hits a swinging neck breaker. Disco dances and checks his hair for the thousandth fucking time in the match rather than going for the pin. So Disco lazily pins Gomez. Gomez turns it into a crucifix pin for the one, two, three. So the winner is Joe Gomez. But Disco does everything he possibly can to not put him over. <laughs> like, Gomez is beat. Disco has the chance to win. But Disco's like, oh no, I'm going to make it my fault that I lose. Not your fault that you win. Young boy, <laughs> you know, what a cunt. I hate him so much. But then the argument on the other side, like we both said, I, I dislike the character, then he's doing his job. Bruh. We're not supposed to like him. Oh, this, this, mm. it's very much go away heat though. Because Disco immediately loses, right? Oh, sorry, after he loses, he stands up. He smiles. He talks to the camera about how his great hair is his great hair is in great shape and does some dancing, you know. So what's the fucking point then? Why is he booked to come back next week in a kayfabe sense? Because he's got disco fever. Ugh. I hate it so much. I hate the man as well. I listen to him on, on Conan's podcast sometime. I'm like, this prick is everything that's wrong about pro wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, he is uh, uh, the modern-day flat earther. Yeah, sure. Should we move on? Yeah, yeah. Enough of my bitching. Disco fever! <laughs> <laughs> it's the best gimmick ever, isn't it? Imagine if you had a five-star abash. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, who knows? Has he ever had a good match? No. <laughs> good. I've never seen one, so, and I've watched a lot of WCW. Uh, we cut back from ads to Ric Flair and his harem of ladies backstage with Mean Gene. 
<laughs> he's got Miss Elizabeth, women, and now Deborah McMichael too. No Mongo though, so he's just hanging out with Mongo's wife, you know, backstage. Classic flair. Banging. God. Clanging and banging. That's all he's doing. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Ric Flair's fucked all your wives? Woo! <laughs> and this time he's paid money to Mongo to fuck this one, so we're promoting prostitution. Yeah. I mean, Flair looks great in the green and sparkles, you know, but it, it it's starting to wear a little thin tax. But we're getting to the point we need to with Flair. We're going to get our <laughs> WrestleMania rematch this week. Mate. Mate. Okay, we'll get to it. Horseman music kicks in. The four horsemen, well, two of them, Arn Anderson, Chris Benoit versus the American males of Mark Alexander, Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. The horsemen are insanely, and I do mean insanely over here. Oh my god, they're meant to be the heels, but they're getting cheered so strong. For a heel faction, they've done a great job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They're, they're meant to be hated, right? But literally, they they step out, crowd explodes. They do a clothesline, crowd explodes. <laughs> it's like they're so over. When Arn pops Bagwell off the apron in a cheap shot, a dastardly heel move. I mean, I don't know if it's just so good the horsemen or how much they hate in Virginia. What can I be described as questionable sexual preferences of the American males? Yeah. I mean, that is it. You know, if you want to talk, you better not listen. You might wind up in critical condition. American males. American males. Thank you very much. I mean, you know, (laughs) if that's the caliber of... Can you like us, please? Because we've got these lyrics in our song and we do a clap gimmick, you know? Like, I'm in. You like that, right? <laughs> I love it. I love the American Males. <sighs> so the American Males come out and immediately get booed. And you're like, oh no, <laughs> your time is nigh, boys. <laughs> this is. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, this is not going well for you, is it, boys? So um, I've got to say, again, I was massively impressed with Bagwell's wrestling. I think he's very, very athletic, very talented. Everything has purpose. Scotty Riggs is also here. I always look at Bagwell from his WCW days and just go, how did you fuck up on that episode of Raw when it's you and Booker T to go one-on-one with the Nitro match on Raw following the buyout? For for Buff, basically, I I know it's backstage stuff that Buff faked being injured so the APA didn't beat the tar out of him on SmackDown. But yeah, it's if someone like that, I know he's not like in the land of the giants, but someone like Bagwell in that invasion angle for WCW would have been golden. Yeah, absolutely, man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Cream soda is too. <laughs> I'm not sure Bagwell knows what cream soda is, though. So Benoit beats the shit out of Bagwell. <laughs> you know, the heel beating down the young baby face in the corner and the crowd goes absolutely mental for it. Loving it every second of it. On jumps Benoit in. showing quite the uh, quite the shiners from his uh, venture to the toilets yeah. uh, from the, the previous night at the bash. Legit bruising or makeup? Because Le- legit bruising, because Taskmaster had bit like lumps all over his face as well. Mm, I wasn't but sure. That was just herpes. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> so they're sharing herpes. I mean, you insinuating something here? I mean, we shouldn't talk ill of the dead. Let's just move on. On jumps in, gets a huge pop for taking out Bagwell. It's really funny. Um, American Bells did Ricky to Robert. Uh, hit their double drop kick and the crowd going, oh. <laughs> it's 
really well, you said you said they did their drop. They did their double drop kit. Scotty, you know, Marcus Bagwell did the drop kit, and Riggs also fell over. Yep. I mean, I'm assuming that's just you know that's how that move goes, right? That's how they always do it. <laughs> yeah, one drop kicks the kneecap, the other one drop kicks the chest. It's like total elimination for the modern world. <laughs> Benoit rolls up Riggs. Arn grabs the leg from the outside, the dastardly heel. One, two, three. Big pop as the heel horseman win. <laughs> ah, it's hilarious stuff, man. Really, really funny. There's there's also that bit where, as the pinfall's happening, Bagwell gets in the ring, has the opportunity to break up the pinfall, doesn't, just watch his partner get screwed, and Bagwell kind of stands there and goes, ah, well... <laughs> At least I'm not Disco Inferno. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, work rate in the match, at least. I like watching Arn Anderson. Yeah. I think he's a, I, it's an enjoyable heel worker, even though he's being cheered throughout the entire match. Yep. I mean, it's, it's Virginia, you know. It's quite obvious that these are uh, hometown fans, I guess is the best way to put it. That is horseman country. Yeah, absolutely, man. So Mean Gene pops in the ring, loves a post-match interview, uh, talks to Arn. They put over Mongo joining. Benoit chats shit about Sullivan. Gene sends us to ads, but first. <laughs> he's not a shark. He's a man. He's not a meng, though. Not a meng. Sharky, who um, like a month later, still has half a skullet even after winning the match of the weekend and proving his point and chopping off boss man's beard still has half a skullet shave your head man what's going on he's got a nice little top knot now as much of a top knot you can have on a skullet on half a skullet <laughs> yeah he's he's basically trying to pioneer fashion he keeps on seeing these little ads for the wcw magazine he's like i want a piece of that i want a fashion column Here's how the balding man... <laughs> the uh, sharky fashion column. <laughs> whichever one the Jacksons is balding from the Young Bucks at the moment should probably take note of this. Oh, haven't noticed. Not beardy Jackson. Matt. Matt Jackson. There you go. Uh, no, Matt's the beardy one. Oh, Nick Jackson then. Nick. Yeah, Nick's, Nick's the blonder, younger looking... The Jeff Hardy. Yeah, bald Hogan. Oh, I didn't notice he was balding. Mm, so, sharky has a... I mean, sorry. <laughs> Tenter. As a promo. Well, Baba, and I'm like, for fuck's sake, more of this. Okay. What goes around comes around. You got me first, but I got some of you. Mm. Tonight, <laughs> let's see who can finish the job. And I'm like, yes, 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 it's going to end. But like, that was just a tease because it doesn't fucking end, Tax. Welcome to the 10 series episode of John Tenter versus Big Bubba with known racist Jimmy Hart. Um, as we look at this feud in great detail, because the NWO wasn't what turned WCW around. It was Tenter versus Bubba. I mean, I'm convinced because this is the thing they highlight every single week. I'm just heartbroken that Tenter doesn't have to wear his face paint anymore. Or his onesie. I loved his little onesie with the shark mouth on it. It was so good. But it's better than his leotard and jogging bottoms. <laughs> you can tell that both guys are very <laughs> uh, capable, but we're a minute into the match and they're completely exhausted. Both of them. Sweating like there's no tomorrow. Basically, I think they gassed in their warm up backstage. Yeah. That's it. Zabisco has some good lines here. 
as you might expect. John Tenter is so big, about half the size of the national debt. <laughs> Politics. <laughs> he also goes on to say, he realised he's not a fish, but looks more like a whale to me. Classic Zabisco. Ah, oh, I can't do it justice. There's something about his timing with Zabisco. He's so funny, man. Uh, slowly the crowd fall into a hush. There's commentary put over other storylines. Well, no, no, no. They they pretend to be a very respectful Japanese crowd. And we're going, ooh, and ah. <laughs> this crowd was just going mental and jumping up and down, throwing up the four fingers for the horseman, you know. And these two just come out and it's like, ugh. That's because he's not shark anymore. They don't buy into him because he's not a gimmick. I feel like the shark at least would have got over a little bit better. It's funny. Agreed. I want boss man versus earthquake. I yeah. don't want two men. None of this non-uniform bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No fucking dressing down day at work. Uh, Tenter kills a racist. It's quite funny. Um, Tenter... That's why we... I mean, sharks are, sharks will just go after racists. That's all I've heard. Sure. I can't be bothered to talk about the end spot. There's some bollocks that happens. Tenter power sounds boss, man. Tenter gets both feet on the bottom rope because he's a face, you it's know? Because he's the face. Ugh. One, two, three. He's not a shark. He's a man. Um... No, he's not. He's a cheat. <laughs> He's not a shark, he's a cheat. <laughs> then post-match, this is the only good thing for me that happens in this match. Tenter and Jimmy Hart, Benny Hill around the ring. Bubba cuts, yeah, you heard that. <laughs> Bubba cuts off Tenter with a sock of something and smashes it into Tenter's head a bunch. And we get a proper kind of carny coin trick thing where Tenter's, no, sorry, Bossman's got the long sock and he's smashing Tenter in the face with it and it looks kind of brutal. But you imagine there's just like another sock or something soft at the end of it, like a sponge or something. But then, ten, um, I keep saying the wrong name, sorry. Bossman has like a quarter of like quarters or dimes or whatever in his hand. And so when he undoes the sock and kind of like lets the coins fall out, it looks like he smashed the coins into Sharky's face. I'm like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Were those plastic toy coins? Oh, they might have been. They very well might have been. But did you notice he, it's, he, he unwrapped the coins from the other end of the sock, but turned his back to the hard cam, so you didn't notice. I also liked the true Carney pocketed the coins. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously been hanging out with Cornette because he has to do the literal thing of when he goes through the promo afterwards, me and Gene, because, you know, they love a uh, post-match promo. He has to hold the coins and show the camera and stuff as well. And also, again, put over the replay of last night's pay-per-view. Yeah, that's the the, the sentence of his promo is, please watch the pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm on it. That makes me want to watch it, right? You've just heard that I lost on the pay-per-view. Buy the replay for 60 bucks. <laughs> so back from ads, uh, Mean Gene is backstage with the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah. Uh, macho is... It's... Uh... It's a lot his best promo. No, it's a latter stages macho, so you know. Have you been having counseling, Randy Savage? Yeah, the doctor says I'm OCD one cool dude. It's like, all right. Yeah, I, I popped at that line, I'm gonna be honest. Probably not for the right reasons though. <laughs> yeah. It was not good. I mean, who really cares though? It's Macho Man. He can talk whatever he wants. It's the Macho Man, he's the coolest man alive. And we're heading back to WrestleMania 8. Dude, this is kind of painful to see. So, Pomp and Circumstance kicks in. Macho makes his entrance. 
<laughs> as does a little countdown clock in the bottom right hand corner of the screen yeah so we're going into the second hour but we don't get the cool little dynamite graphic anymore it's just a, a countdown i was actually quite disappointed i also like the fact when it started going five four and shivani goes we've got about 19 seconds <laughs> <laughs> ah coordination wcw is not exactly known for it are they and then and then the pyro goes off and scares Macho Man half to death. Yeah, the hour two pyro kicks in, which if you haven't been listening to this series, this is a thing that WCW did. You know, second hour pyro just, just kicks uh, in. One hour 47 into the broadcast. Macho's on the <laughs> Sorry, ramp and he's like, holy the shit, there's pyro everywhere. <laughs> it looks terrified. I swear they don't tell people the pyro is going to kick in just to fucking pop them, you know? Outstanding. It's... I... I I pop for hour two of Nitro. Yeah. I love it. So Macho diverts over to the commentary position. Oh, yeah, we hadn't mentioned who joined, because obviously it's hour two. Yeah, because as Bobby Heenan is starting to join the commentary position to replace Larry Zabisco, <laughs> Macho wanders over because of what's happened at Great American Bash, that Heenan was the coach for the the, the horseman team. Uh, and he chase, uh, Macho chases Bobby Heenan down to ringside. And you've got to say, the, the Benny Hillness here was outstanding, man. The way that Macho goes around the ring to kind of cut Heenan off as Heenan gets in the ring. But then Heenan has to bail over the top rope to the outside, taking out a few camera operators on his way back to commentary. Works perfectly. Worked perfectly for Heenan, back to the old weasel side of things. Oh, it's brilliant, brilliant. So super slapstick silliness, like... Keenan Cell here. Fucking hell, man. He's so good. Easily the best. I mean, I've always waxed lyrical about how much he is my favorite all-time commentator. And him and Gorilla is still the best duo, I, I think, on, on commentary, especially when they did all their primetime wrestling stuff. But just as a personality and a character, it's so, so good to see. And I really hope something similar to a Heenan character. No one's ever going to top him. But because someone like AEW has been really big on actually having managers, mm. I really hope we get that sort of a character. Because at the moment, the managers are all, you know, top badasses. You know, you've got Tully with FTR and Sean Spears. You've got Taz with Team Taz. And they're all just tough guys. You don't have any little weaselly shitheads, mm. which I think is a really important thing to have for a manager. You don't want to have a manager like when Taz put Cody in the Taz mission. You want a manager to punch someone and then do no damage and shit themselves i was kind of hoping that vicky guerrero might fill that role with nia, N- nia Jax. no that's the nyla rose. nyla rose i'm sorry they're all kind of similar named anyway um but like even this week on dynamite vicky jumps in the ring and starts laying in boots and you're like what are you doing you're meant to be the cowardly like excuse me you know like funny heel manager mm. i i enjoyed uh, th- and this is the thing and uh, you know not many people are obviously going to be familiar with the work of tex williams but when I was managing Coach Wicked, Heenan-isms were what I did. I'd run away. I'd do a cheap shot. I'd hide. <laughs> I'd sneak. I'd distract the referee. Yeah. I The only time I really got involved and did any offense, I did one against Doug. Great. And then I did one against Meathead when he went into the crowd. And I went and clubbed him in the back. It did no effect. And he did some kind of like Bray Wyatt walk backwards at me. And I obviously shit myself and fell over. Nice. Classic nice. hail manager. That works for me, buddy. So, we get a rematch from WrestleMania 8. 
one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. On Nitro. <laughs> the day with after. With no advertising. <laughs> with the day after a pay-per-view with no advertising. I'm like, yeah, eat your heart out, WrestleMania 8. Nitro's good enough for Flair and Macho now. What? <laughs> Just, I, it, I was very disappointed watching this match. I... I love both guys so much. And even in 96, they're still pretty good. But, yeah, this didn't do it for me. They even fucked up throwing Flair off the top rope. Yeah. It's just, no, nothing... It's like they deliberately went out to have a shit match. This is the only thing I can imagine that they were like, they're bringing in Hall and Nash. They're going to get Sting or Hogan to do this. Fucking hell. What should we do? I know. Let's fuck their ratings and deliberately go and have a terrible match. Mm. Other than the big elbow, you know, it's... <sighs> and a continuation of the add-on of Mongo. It's like, what have they done? What have they done to one of the classics? You know how Vince basically pushed Macho out because he was like, look, you shouldn't be working anymore. I I always thought that watching Macho in WCW was like, you know, this is definitely not the person I remember from 92 to 93, 4, whatever, when I, my, my personal favorite Macho Man matches I've seen. But then he's the Macho Man. He could always pull it out the bag somehow in some way. And I always wondered whether Vince was wrong to do that, whether he could have been an asset to them. Seeing him versus Flair and knowing how good their matches can be, and this match, I started to think, yeah, Vince was right. This is not good. Because we know Flair can go. He's had some really good matches in the last few shows we've watched. Yeah, he he was pulling dead weight around here of Savage. And I think it's interesting that, especially at that time period, Vince knew when people were done. And I know he obviously couldn't offer national hall any more money but realistically in wwe other than putting the belt on scott hall what else could have be done with those characters and those feuds there was nothing else really for them to do mm. so by you know obviously he can't compete with money they were struggling financially they were about they were having their lawsuit and vince was potentially facing jail time but i just think at that time as you said releasing macho man was was not ideal, but consider when they released him and when he was still wrestling for WCW, because as you said, he had his peak long before he left WWF. Yeah. You know, his his feud with Flair and then moving on like with Crush as well. So Flair and Crush. Oh, that match at that WrestleMania. Jesus Christ. Was was pretty much it though. It's like, so funny that we're talking about Macho this way and we're like, all I can remember about that match is how bad Crush was. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is the thing, isn't it? Mm. Match and and people are and rightly so really nostalgic about how good Macho Man is. But I can't ever recall when I've dipped into WCW going, you know what match was really good? A macho man match in WCW. Mm. I don't think he's had a. I don't think he's had a 
I wouldn't say it's bad because I'm not bashing Savage because I think he was oh, an expert oh, performer in his day. He definitely has had bad matches in WCW, that's for sure. Yeah, but it's it's a case of either phoning it in or he just can't go. Yeah. And he's got the big money contract from mm-hmm. TNT and he's just f- f- calling it in, phoning it in even. Yeah. Anything with Hogan and Macho and Walton Warrior and Macho is just like, oh, it's awful, man. WCW, so, so bad. And it was fucking great t- in WWF, you know? Are you telling me that you don't want to hear the option potentially do Warriors 10 episode run in Nitro as one of our new, our next series? <laughs> Wait, that was 99, I want to say. I think it was a bit oh, yeah, later, it's a, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a good time from here with the terrible like flash paper. You know, it w- could be interesting because we've done a lot of 96, 97, 98 and we've done like 2000, 2001 and stuff. We've never done that little bit in between where they start to transition, you know? What to being really shit. Yeah, we're <laughs> WWF, being... like the end of Bischoff's reign, if you will. When Nitro start becoming preempted on TNT for like a magic show or something. <laughs> <laughs> so just to quickly go over this a little bit, because I think we should, just to explain why it was so terrible almost. So Flair on his way down to the ring cuts a I fucked your wife promo. And you're like, wow, didn't know that. Macho grabs the mic. And you've got to remember, this is the Macho Man we're talking about. He goes, I'm going to kick your ass. Nice. Nailed it. Macho. Bruh. <laughs> what, what's happened to, you know, your promo? <laughs> he lost it in the divorce. Uh, <laughs> That's have. also gone to Flair as well. Macho jumps Flair and off we go. Hang on. Can you do that, Joey? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the bell rings on the outside, doesn't it? God damn it. Uh, Macho, um, Macho gets started. And there is a hot start. The crowd are on fire, really into it because these two massive WF names, basically. Well, that's unfair to say Flair is WF name, but Macho certainly is. Um, and you know they cut to adverts because fuck this company. <laughs> like what the hell? I've seen better booking in AAA. We are going to do Triple Mania at the end of this WCW run, fans. Don't worry, <laughs> we're going to get there. Uh, Murder Clown's been liking a lot of our tweets recently. I'm very happy. I love that man. I, I know, I know you haven't watched it. Just don't you dare physical... spoil it. I love Triple Mania. I know I will, but I'm just gonna say, Murder Clown needed a Murder Clown <laughs> at, at Triple Mania. That's all I'm saying. That should be the title of the episode. Murder Clown needed a Murder Clown. Uh, so <sighs> they use Flair's VIP area. It finally comes into play. What, Elizabeth? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was great. <laughs> uh, Macho smushes flares face into the vegetables, etc., etc. Champagne goes flying, and Shivoni out of nowhere goes, A little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, It's a hell of his time. Shivoni is great. Uh, Fucking Jericho stealing more people's shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe so, man. I do have a note here that says WrestleMania 8 was five years before this match, but watching this match makes it more feel more like it was 15, 20 years before this. I think that's a good way to sum up the wrestling. I think because Savage wasn't into it, Flair wasn't. Yeah, and they botched so much shit, man. Small ring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys are used to 20 by 20s and stuff, aren't they? So, who knows, man. Uh, they are squeezing a lot into the time they've got as well there's no pacing here like i've complimented macho about the magic and the storytelling the art of professional wrestling same with flair they're they're not doing it here they're just doing high spots this is like an nxt match almost 
And also, you know, for Flair, he's having to lower himself. He's just worked a match with Kevin Green. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. That, that sounds... I, I know you're joking, but it's kind of factual. Kevin Green was impressive star. how Macho looked here. Yeah. There was heat. The crowd were into it. You know, by this point, like we've come back from ads and the crowd have settled down and they're going, oh, this is not like WrestleMania 8. And that's the problem. I think this was the problem that WCW found. And I know this was going to be, you know, we're on our, on the verge of our run of our 83 weeks of victories starting. But this is the problem they had with these big WWE stars is that a lot of their marquee matches they they'd had them before you know they'd had starcades now with hogan and savage and you're going back to the mega powers yeah when you've got that back at that was um wrestlemania 4 wrestlemania 5 wasn't it mega powers sure don't remember it's one of those because three is obviously hogan andre four is the rematch i think of hogan andre was that two i'm i think that was two and then four was the tournament yeah four was the tournament five was savage and then six was warrior yeah but yeah so you're going back to like WrestleMania five, and we're at what WrestleMania so like 12, twelve or thirteen. 13 yeah. Twelve. We've just had twelve. Yeah, going into thirteen in two thousand seven. Two thousand. Yeah, because it's Austin. Nineteen Austin Brett's ninety seven, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is why the crowd aren't into this. This is why you can put it on a TV sh- TV show because it's familiar, but it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We get to the point where both lads find the need to cheat in the match. Flair uses a pair of nunchucks. Nunchucks? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That would have been amazing. He starts doing ninja spots. Now he uses a pair of nunchucks. Macho Steve does... Blackman came out. <laughs> In the green and gold. With his yes. harem of women. Harem? With Whatever. his head cheese hat on. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Macho does a low blow. Could you do that, Joey? Uh, ref bump. Yep, ref bump. Macho lands the elbow. All three women in to try and stop Macho landing another elbow. And he's like... Call for the man! <laughs> Dives onto them anyway. Ooh, Tommy g- Dreamer style, I'll have all of them, I'm hardcore. <laughs> Luckily, the women all move out the way. So he lands the other elbow. It's kind of weird that Flair's rolling to his side and Macho lands the second elbow, so he literally like, crushes his chest. Those bitches need to watch some merch down. <laughs> he wouldn't have moved. <laughs> ah, the World of Wrestling podcast. We're PC as anything. Um... Out come the horsemen. Macho fights them off until Super Mongo arrives <laughs> with the Halliburton. Smashes it over Macho. Arm drags Flair over Macho Man. One, two, three. Ric Flair's the winner. Horsemen beat up Macho a bit. Hang on, they were faces a second ago. Yeah. Is there anything more to say about this? It's just kind of disappointing, really, isn't it? It's a bit sad to see. Bit of a mess. Seven on Seven on one crowd dead yeah which is embarrassing for a flair and savage match yep it's it's the worst of what wcw are accused of doing in this time period they've just got names that you'll recognize and they're just putting them in matches you know they have a great storyline between these two they've been building up around the nfl they've really t- i say great it's been good they've been telling the story at least and they're just like night after the show first time macho's back ah just put it on nitro who cares it's not going to pop a rating without being promoted. Considering that one of the key things they promoted at the start at the top of hour one was the whole idea that, and we're going to draw a lottery to see who's going to face these intruders. Mm. It's not like the tournament could have worked, to be fair, mate. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> but they could have, 
they could have drawn an audience, even if they said on the pay-per-view and tomorrow night we've just heard it's going to be Flair and Savage. I know that would have taken away from the um, from the main event, which was the uh, the NFL boys, but yeah. it just seemed seemed a waste. And I think because it was just a throwaway match, because obviously Flair's nowhere near booking at the moment and they needed to get Savage on TV, they probably went, ah, Flair and Savage. And both of them were like, are you, are you kidding? Dude, even in 96, this is 96, right? Yeah. Even yeah. in 96, it's it's Ric Flair and the Macho Man Randy Savage. These are names that non-wrestling fans know. This is a main event match, but not for fucking Eric Bischoff. It's not. I wonder again if this is the start of Flair and Bischoff's beef that could as well. Be. Their disdain because, as you said, their main event caliber talent rocking around. And yes, okay, it's the start of hour two. You've got the changeover to have those known names if people are flicking over from a different channel. But then make sure they're up for it. Yeah. Even if the match is going to be shit and you know it's going to be shit, surely you have enough respect for these two guys to put them in the main event if they're going to do this rematch from WrestleMania 8. You know? And this is the key as well. It's not like we're going, oh no, it was a schmozzy finish like most WCW matches. We're saying this match quality was not up to standard. No, but they were given 10 minutes, man. 10 minutes too long. It, well, maybe which so. Which hurts to say. But, which hurts to say. But you can see them trying to forcibly cram as much shit into this as they can. and They've got to tell this story in this very short amount of time. And it feels like this was kind of the end of it as well. Like I don't think it will be. I think we'll get this going for the next few weeks. But I feel like maybe someone's just going to take the legs out from it, you know? Well, we... It, I think it does end because of what happens at the end of the show. Hmm. They needed to they needed to blow it off going into the bat bash at the beach. I don't remember. Well, let's just carry on. <laughs> so, Mean Gene has a Mean Gene. Sorry, has a backstage thing with Giant. You know, and known racist Jimmy Hart and Sullivan, my son. Um, Sullivan's Boston accent doing like demony stuff is just hilarious. I fucking hate the dude so much. Roll 3D6, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, and maybe the door will open. See, that would be entertaining, but yeah, it's fucking not, is it? Uh, giant cut Sullivan off, and Sullivan looks furious, and I'm so happy. <laughs> giant just starts to do his lines, rattles them off, you know what I mean? And then at the end of this promo, Sullivan just chimes up almost out of nowhere because Gene's starting to run about the end of the night and what's going to happen. And Sullivan just jumps in and goes, I don't care about the four horsemen. <laughs> when it comes, what, well, what comes first is WCW. I'm like, bruh, you are literally the guy that's been leading the Dungeon of Doom for like the last year, two years against WCW. Yeah, and going for death to Hulkamania. You've literally just been fucked over by the horsemen last night. In a long feud. And you say, I don't care about the Four Horsemen. What? <laughs> what comes first is WCW. He is the worst character. The worst talker. The worst wrestler. I fucking hate him so much. But he wears yellow like Hogan and face paint like a tiger. <laughs> God damn, dude. Good thing there was some wholesome content after this. Are you talking about the the vignette or? Of course. Our world is about to change. Enter the realm. 
blood runs cold. That's right, fans. <laughs> In each of us burns the fury of a warrior. Glacier. And now we get a bit of text that says, Coming July 1996. Which means we miss him. Oh, hang on. Maybe not. Because we have two shows in this timeline that are in July 1996 tags. Only two. The last two. We've got Night Train number 42 from the 1st of July. We've also got Bash at the Beach. If he debuts at Bash. <laughs> I'm really happy 24 years on that Sting uses Glacier's entrance in AEW. Oh, mate, it was so good, though. That music as well with the organs and the big orchestra. <gasps> so much better than how WF did it recently. Did you like the snow? Yes, I did. Sorry, <laughs> I, 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 no, my, my wife has just entered the arena and is banging in the background if that's what you can hear. That's fine, it doesn't matter. Carry that's on. That's okay. Hiding festive goodies. Ooh, interesting. But not for me. Oh, disappointing. <laughs> Do you carry on or do you want to stop? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. Let's, let, let's keep going. Uh, she, she has finished clanging and banging. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking kegs and kicking heads, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll be having happen to me after this pod. I can't believe two British or well, a British and Irish dude were like, yeah, kicking heads and drinking kegs. That's what we say when we're down the pub. <laughs> we're shit. just lads. We're just lads now. Trying to set, um, trying to set up a little background for you, just in case the rock will work. Mania. <laughs> I do love the relationship between Seamus and Drew, the way they start brawling with each other. Then someone interrupts. They're like, "Well, fuck you!" and just start beating that guy up instead. Ah, oh, it's so funny, man. The one good. But bit that's of not what you want recently. your champion to be. That's not what you want your champion to be. You don't want to be a funny guy. Oh, I know, but they entertain me, and there's nothing else entertaining me on Raw every week. So here we go. And the facts, facts, absolute fucking facts. Roman Reigns is interesting, and they've got some great wrestlers, but holy fucking shit, the way they present them and who they push, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> I, the highlight for me from Raw was Miro's tweet with Lana's roll-up oh, of Nia Jax, yeah. and going, I taught her how to do that pin, and I did it last night. Was it, we both are winners or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's almost as bad as Big Swole with her tweet for Cedric Alexander. I did not see that. She's basically like lying on the bed, uh, legs akimbo, doing a DX chop, saying, um, Cedric, come here. <laughs> Jeez, okay, fucking hell. So, I mean, I know AEW a bit risque with their words, but crikey. They say shit on television, Tax. It's great. They're so ed- 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 edgy. <laughs> <laughs> when, to- when Kenny Omega screwed them off, went off to Impact or whatever, Tony Schiavone saying, oh, bullshit, on commentary was one of the best moments of wrestling. I laughed so hard. It was so fun. Uh, speaking of which, Shimoni talks us through Nash and Hall giving Bischoff the power bomb off the stage. No clips, just stills. But, you know, buy the replay, got to pay for the replay. Yeah, exactly. There's lots of this. I've skipped over tons of just like, buy the replay, buy the replay. They keep doing it over and over and over again. Um, Heenan says, I don't know who the third man will be. And I'm like, we're not at that point in the script yet, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got there he yet. Might as well, he might as well have gone, Hogan's coming back and he's the third man. Fucking hell, Heenan. It's the first time anyone refers to the third man as a thing. And he's not talking about the NWO third man. He's specifically talking about WCW at this point and their three people. 
It's like, Heenan's obviously been told what's going to happen. That there's going to be a third man. It's like, oh, I've got to get it over. <laughs> They're like, not yet, Bob. <laughs> not yet, mate. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, man. He's just totally calling it in. I mean, on the plus point, yeah. like we were saying as well, that now they've been promoting the replay for the pay-per-view for most of the show. Mm-hmm. So what's really good is next, they give us the best match of the pay-per-view for free. <laughs> Here we fucking go, boys. WCW World Cruiserweight Championship match of our champion Dean Malenko versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Spelt with an I. Booyaka Booyaka 619. The match starts with Ray offering the handshake and Benoit looks at it and is like, fuck you. And I'm like, no, oh. Benoit's not there. He's too busy boffing Sorry. Sullivan's wife. Malenko's there. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. How yeah, so He doesn't like Benoit. Let's start that again. Ray offers the handshake. I'm not editing it. Fuck it. Who cares? There will be no handshake tonight. Dean Malenko looks at it and is like, fuck you, buddy. And he's just like, oh, straight away. Like, these guys get it. Beautiful match. I mean, we waxed lyrical about this on, on, on our last pod when they were just went one-on-one at the Great American Bash with no storyline. And again, really coming into this, other than like the pre-match promo where Gene Oakham was like, do you want to say something in Spanish? All right. <laughs> That's the build, but this match didn't need any build because, again, they just told the story just with their body language and, and their psychology. It was, I mean, not as good as the bash. Yeah, shorter, but much this shorter. this was really, really, I mean, best match on the show by far. I mean, what can you say about it? It's like, go watch it. It's a perfect television match. People would watch Rural if they had this on there. Yep. If they'd have got these guys on Raw... They'd be smashing WCW week after week after week. And the fact that Bischoff had them didn't fucking do anything with them. Absolutely. You know travesty. what? I put it out there now. Resign Dean Malenko in modern day and put these two in the ring. We bet them the shit you see on Raw every week. Yeah, maybe, man. There's um, a couple of little bits I wrote down because, again, it's just like the match is so, so good. Like, it's crazy for 96, the level of storytelling and spots these guys are actually producing flawlessly. Um, You can see people in the audience watch a spot, turn to their mate and go, whoa, did you see what they just did? When you're getting that reaction, you know you're doing something special. Even when you've got the chains and you've got like all the submissions going into the STF, uh, the fans, as you said, just the interaction where they're like nudging their mate going, oh my God. Yeah. I, did you find yourself kind of audibly as the match progresses going, go on, Ray, you can do it. <laughs> like, I was totally behind Ray Mysterio so much because of how Dean Malenko and Ray are working here. With the power bomb, I was like, I even in my chair, going, oh, ha, ha, ha. yeah, nice. Malenko power bombed him the hell on back again. You're like, dude, taking this twice in like over the next 24 hour period. Jesus Christ, Ray could take a bump, couldn't he? I enjoyed the, the psychology again of Malenko's character, even after that powerbomb mm. where Ray kicks out. Malenko's just not frustrated. It's like, next hold. The Iceman thing that he's got going on, it just works so well for his character here. Absolutely. So the match ends with Ray going for a kind of wheelbarrow, tornado craziness. And Malenko just goes, nope. It gives him the death drop, which is not called the death drop yet. For the one, two, three, like the inverted DDT. And still, Dean Malenko 
Fucking hell, man. I had so much fun watching this again. It's it's the one highlight of this show, really. Easily. I as you, I think you summed it up perfectly for this is the top level TV match. Yep. It's absolutely perfect. I could watch this every single week. If anyone has a, a match of this caliber on their show, then yeah, I, I happily watch it week to week. Because it's not just about the spot. It's about the narrative they've told from the night before in what they're doing in the ring and how they're looking and reacting to each other and such, you know? And succession in the story with very little repetition unless it matched the story from the night before at the bash. Absolutely. Which leads us in to our main event of the evening, which they've only mentioned once right at the beginning of the show, of WCW World Heavyweight Champion, The Giant, with known racist Jimmy Hart, versus Scotty Steiner. He's got that red, white, and blue running through his veins, man. Called Sting, Steiners are great. <laughs> love I can't it. wait till you actually edit this together to be a proper entrance music. Oh, mate, I might for the, the finale, you know. I mean, they might even be on the show. <laughs> um, I was kind of into this match. I quite enjoyed it. I think it's because, like you said, the last few shows, Giant has been used properly. Even against yeah. Luger, there was there was moments of very brief hope for Luger to get the win. But the, the booking of the Giant, he's not overly exposed in the storylines. He's not overpowered. But they're giving him the big lads to show his dominance over. And I think it worked really well. Again, there's never going to be a a technical masterclass with Steiner and 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 Giant, but it worked. Can you imagine if they came out and started doing Lucha? Because these guys are capable at this point. Oh, actually, that was that was the only thing from the previous match where they referred to Mysterio as Hurricane Rana. Oh, he's hit him with a Frankensteiner. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, Scotty still claims he invented it. So I wouldn't want to be in the like same progress, arena like as like Progress invented wrestling in London. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. So. The thing with the, I found really interesting about this match between Giant and Scotty is that Scotty is playing the 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 weak baby face against this. Well, he's got injured. Yeah, he's injured. And so you know the Giant has to have the majority of the offense because he's the champion. He's the giant heel, literally. And so Scotty comes out with the taped up ribs and you're like, ah, you couldn't just sell for him, could you? You've got to do this you know, to make yourself look good. You know I what love, he's doing, I love, right? I love face mentality of I've got an injury, so I'm going to put a big obvious marker to my opponent to go look what's hurt. I mean, he's wrestling fire and ice the night before. It's obviously too much for him. You know, do you get it by the way? Well, had he been using fire and ice, he wouldn't have had hurt ribs. He's got that electricity. So it's obviously dangerous with fire and ice, you know, hurts your ribs. <laughs> <laughs> but you know deep heat yeah sure so it's an absolute uh, wait Scott Norton deep heat yeah. fire get it because he's yeah, yeah. yeah okay good exactly <laughs> and then an ice pack fix Scotty ribs straight away with electricity oh fucking hell I'm tired man Jesus Christ I find anything funny at this point I think uh, there's a massive uh, hoss fest going on it's great fun um, Giant goes after Scotty's ribs and dominates the match then <sighs> What's with the custom wooden chair that Giant has? He's using this week after week. Why a wooden chair? It's stronger, more stable. Than steel. Um, recycled <laughs> um, from trees. 
He ate. It's an odd choice of gimmick to have a wooden chair when, you know, wrestling, solid steel chair, all that sort of shit. Round his head with the balsa wood chair. (laughs) I mean, the chair explodes because it's wood, and that's kind of a fun visual, I guess. But could you not gimmick a steel chair, maybe? Maybe he had obliterated Duggan's 2x4 to turn it into a nice piece of furniture, and that's for a later feud. It's like his, his, uh, his homage to Duggan in every match. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Oh, oh I've Doug- got pretty tired legs, so I'll sit on this chair, man, like <laughs> giant. <laughs> Wasn't Duggan on one of these shows? Not this show. No, 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 like WCW with this run. We've Hogan, not, not Hogan. Oh, no, we've had Duggan, yeah. Cause we, not we, for a I while. I think in the early doors, we had the story about why he carried the 2 by 4 to the ring. Yeah, he's been very missing the last few shows, I've just realised. Yeah, because he was with uh, Regal to start with before he moved on to Sting. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if we get him back because, you know, I like the occasional, maybe not in 96, but I like Duggan matches. I think they're fun. I wonder if he'll be one of the six men to be drawn out of the hat. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Who's your top three guys? Or well, Duggan, obviously. <laughs> Duggan's a third man. <laughs> Duggan and Mabel. <laughs> he had a WF contract at one point. It has to be in the main event, right? That's how this works. <laughs> Scotty cuts off Giant enough to distract Giant from the wooden chair that's in the ring. Scotty suplexes the Giant for a humongous pop. Really cool spot. Love a T-bone on a Giant. Yeah, I'm genuinely dumps him around his fucking head. Looks great. <laughs> Dangerous as fuck, but looks awesome. That's how Scotty does suplexes. Yeah. Do I land them safely? No, I drop them on their head. Yeah, of course. He's Scott Steiner. That's what he does. And, you know, mass promos. Uh, commentary and Sky, blah, blah. Um, yeah, everyone gets it over hard. Is what I'm trying to say. There's, there's a joke there somewhere. Wait, what? A... Kevin Green and Mongo aren't here. If they're getting it hard, <laughs> that's kind of what I was going for. But I wrote it really stupidly and grammatically all incorrect. And I was like, I'll just say hard. It'll be fine. Uh, Giant takes a hell of a bump. Uh, Scotty grabs the wooden chair. Known racist Jimmy Hart in. Scotty chases him off. Scotty breaks the wooden chair over Giant. Giant no sells it. Choke slam. One two three. It's kind of what you expect, really. Really good little title match. Yeah, great fun. Nothing nothing to write home about, but, you know. Suplex looked really good. The T-Bone looked brilliant. Obviously deserved the main event over, you know, Hogan and, Sav- Hogan and Flair. I can't say words anymore. Savage and Flair. There you go. I mean, there's nothing else really because there's nothing for the Giant. There's no number one contender because we're all going for... How are we going to pick these three men? What schmozzy smoke and mirrors are we going to do to get these three names out of a hat to make sure we get it right and can show the camera? Don't forget the uh, Glacier promo before this. We get a replay of it. So he's definitely oh, coming. Of course, sorry. My apologies. <laughs> They're increasing Blood the tension. Cold. <laughs> oh, God. You've got to build up that tension. It's how you do wrestling, isn't it? You know, Just show it twice and be more excited for it. It's what everyone wanted. Yeah. Other than, you know, if he was in WCW, what was everyone want? glacier <laughs> i mean i did everyone did so mean gene on the rampway where for some reason he regularly has segments where he just stands on the rampway it's, it's an interesting choice not backstage or in the ring you know where everyone can see for example but on the ramp um wcw have chosen their six top men to take on these outsiders as he says the first use of the word outsiders from what i remember I can remember them calling them outsiders. We've had invaders, but we've not had outsiders before. Mm. And he's definitely coined this term because they repeat it in the second sentence. He goes, 
So WCW Analytics in 1996 suggests the best people to take on Hall and Nash are these six men. Hogan. It's really good that fucking AI has improved since then. Because <laughs> they've been using analytics back then. So these are the six guys that they've pulled out of the bag, basically. This committee of WCW twats or whatever the fuck it is that's selling us this. Duggan. <laughs> Gets cheered, obviously. No, not Duggan. So he mentions Hogan. Big booze. People do not like Hulk Hogan here. I think it doesn't hurt that we're in Virginia as well. Home of like, you know, WCW and WA and stuff. Boo Hogan. Well, they knew. They're good. They're a good judge of character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair. So Mean Gene, being the professional he is, before they have a real chance to get the booze going, immediately says giant. You're like, oh, we're meant to boo him. So the crowd kind of simmer down. <laughs> you know, it's like, ah, fuck. So it's Hogan, Giant, Flair, massive pop for heel Flair. Lex, ugh, Sting, massive <laughs> cheer for Sting. And Savage, you're like, oh, <laughs> you just lost. <laughs> what? He's the main event. I mean, <sighs> literally. WWF, Giant, right? Dominant champion. Flair? Okay. Yeah, we understand. But he's got his own stuff going on. Lex? WF. Right? Sting. Big WCW face champion. Has to be there. Savage? WF. So out of those three, it's pretty obvious you're going to choose Sting because he's the big baby face. Right? Yep. You're going to choose Giant. Dominant champion. He's a fucking giant and your champion. Exactly. Killing everyone. And then maybe you pick, you know, a Lex because he gets on with Sting or a Flair because he's that guy. Or Hogan because, you know, he's kayfabe, the greatest wrestler of all time or whatever. But they choose <laughs> these three guys to represent WCW against these outsiders will be in this order. Lex. Ugh. Macho Man Randy Savage, who's just come back and lost, and Sting, which is the only normal, sensible choice. I wish they'd done this as like the WrestleMania 8 panel, and you could watch Sid's really bad selling if I didn't get booked for the match. <laughs> I'm going to wave it, I mean, for those pesky kids. How can they possibly justify Lex and Macho being in these three when they've got those should- guys? Yeah, they should have gone Sting, Giant, and either Flair or Hogan. Yeah. I mean, logic makes none, you know? It's it's, it's kind of stupid. But this this was the end of the episode. Mm. Gene just goes, pick these three names. Yeah, neither Lex, Match, or Sting come out to be like, oh, wow, look, we got picked. It's just Gene standing on the ramp talking for five minutes. And it's not even a time we had guaranteed contracts and a set number of dates. It's just a case of, we just won't use these boys tonight. They worked pretty hard at the pay-per-view last night, especially Savage. The, the guys are still getting paid to not be there. <laughs> it's so fucking dumb. It was not good. So just to kind of polish this turd off, you know, Gene throws to Shivoni and Heenan who talk it over a little bit. Heenan sends us off with this magical line of, remember the Gulf War? We were the outsiders in Kuwait, and we kicked their tails. Don't now, sell anybody short here. And I'm like, that comment didn't age very well, did it, Bobby? Yeah. Was it, when we mix war, and because uh, I always hate it on the WWE 
stuff during after 9-11 and JL would always go and we're free we're airing on the, like the um armed forces networks go and kick some ass guys then come home it's like god just leave politics out of it guys <laughs> you're just men in pants touching each other we don't need a political message do we not need you know uh who would be president this time 96 clinton I'm was 96 thinking it was clinton it might be the end of senior bush senior Nice. Ah, Elizabeth Bush Senior, as opposed to Bush Junior. <laughs> we definitely Clinton impersonators in the crowd, don't we? Like at WrestleMania ten. Oh, it was definitely Clinton because that was WrestleMania ten, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because IRS and a uh, million dollar man were with him, weren't they? Yeah, they used them well at WrestleMania ten, didn't they? Fuck it. Get them over. So, um, this show is not the best we've done. I, this is probably the worst one out of the bunch, right? Apart from that first pay-per-view that was absolutely Apart terrible. from Slamboree. Yeah. I mean, Ray Malenko was good and seeing Steiner, T-Bone, the Giant was quite good. But other than that, nothing happened. We had a WrestleMania classic ruined yeah. and we didn't, see, we didn't see any members of the NWO. We did have another clue, as you said earlier, where Heenan said, mentioned the words third man, and we did have the first term of outsiders, so they're starting to build the shape to it. And more importantly, we got a double Glacier promo. <laughs> as you say, no Bischoff, no Hall, no Nash, no DDP, no Sting, no Kevin Green, no Fire and Ice, do you get it? Still no Eddie Guerrero, no Duggan. But he's in Japan, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, I think he's he's already won. He's won the J-Cup by this point. He's on his way back. He should be on one of these shows any any day now. He's definitely, maybe not this week, because I think he won that Sunday, because I talked about it at the pay-per-view. But He's um, probably having to fly himself back, so he's <laughs> going to be stopping over in a lot of individual countries to make the flight cheaper. <laughs> There's a good chance of it, to be fair, with WCW this time. But um, uh, he might be doing a tour of Japan after the tournament as well, because, you know, he likes wrestling and probably doesn't want to come back to WCW yet because he knows he's not going to get the matches, even though he did wrestle Flair earlier in this series. So, who knows? I, to, to cornflake this, it's a solid two cornflake for me, purely because of Malenko and Ray yep. up to the ranking. There's nothing... Unfortunately, you know, it, was, it was fun to watch because it was a bit shit at times. You know, Sharky and Bubba in the role of, you know, the, the jizz sock with coins. That was quite good fun. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's moments, and it's it's a it's a fun show to podcast about because there's stuff to joke and be silly about and whatnot. But I'm hoping we get some more story development next week. Like we only got a couple of weeks of the Great American Bash, and I'm not not Great American Bash, the other Bash. You know, all that paper is named the same bullshit. What's it called? Bash at the Bash at Benoit's house. <laughs> <laughs> Bash at the beach. Ooh, dark. Anyway, <laughs> so I guess I've got one little bit I want to talk about at the end. So. I came away from this show starting to feel that I'm enjoying watching the show still. But the what I can only describe as the WCW-ness is starting to wear a little thin. The newfound car smell has definitely gone mm. from this trilogy. And I think that's because we've just had the same players. Leading up to Great American Bash, we had a, a throwaway week because they just needed to get to the bash. And this week, because they need to, to get to Bash at the Beach, it's another throwaway week. I don't like tournaments or qualifiers, but even if they'd had the, we've got one place left for WCW, who wants it and have like Sting against Luger to win that place to represent WCW? And then you've got more tension to teeter who might be 
like a, a, a dastardly heel out of the two of them. Yeah, you know, had Luger beat Sting and Sting started brooding then, then who's going to be the third man? Then you've got another chance it could be Sting. Yep, and it's time. We've only got a few weeks, you know, like, let's start doing it. Let's go. Pull the trigger already, you know? But, I mean, at least cock the barrel. Maybe don't pull the trigger yet, but cock the barrel and load up the fucking ammo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give us something to be excited about to tune in next week for. And it's interesting that this is the first time from an NWO storyline that there's an element of this story that doesn't really pop me because Hall and Nash aren't there. Yeah, that's the big problem because every week that's been like the one thing that's kept us coming back, kind of um, not coming back because we're going to watch it anyway, but you know what I mean? Like that was what would keep me coming back if I was a fan watching it this time. One of the terrible shows just ended with the slap with Sting and Hall at the commentary booth. Yeah. That kept going. And again, there's that's enough. There's a foreshadowing. Yeah. Mm. But... um. Well, I thought we'd finish with something fun for you today, and it's good. It's more of a. It's not more of a game. It's more of a trivia for you. And because we mentioned he had two promos, I thought I'd do a little bit of a. You know, see if you can guess. Um, some of Glacier's appearances in Chikara. Okay. Now, Glacier has appeared in the King of Trios tournament twice, to my knowledge and research. Yeah. And as someone who followed the product, I was wondering if you would be able to remember. Who was his first team? So it was him and two others. Who was his tag team partners? He was a mystery surprise for this tag team. Um, it was old school wrestlers, wasn't it? Uh, no, it's that, that's one later. There's a one before this. Okay, is this the team uppercut one? No, that's Dave Taylor. Um... I can't remember for the life of me. My memory is not very good. This is not good for me. I'll try and give you a clue. So, obviously, in French, glass is... Ice? Yep. So, and it's a form of dessert. Fire and ice? (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine fire and ice in trios (laughs) with Glacier? I'd pay to see that. He teamed with Los Ice Creams. Oh, yeah. Awesome. I don't remember that at all, but that'd be really fun. But then the one you mentioned to afterwards with the, the vintage wrestlers, can you mm. remember which two wrestlers Glacier teamed with? I'm desperately trying to remember who was in that team because I remember him being a part of it for sure. I seem to remember, like, it's not the Nasty Boys, but it's that kind of era of wrestler. Or a bit, they're more attitude era guys. Was one of them X Pac? No, because he was definitely a part of the well, one, two, three kid, whatever. If you think to episode fifty and what sort of a frog splash I did, um, <laughs> see, this is where you've caught me out. My short-term memory is absolutely horrific, Dax. <laughs> You're learning more and more about this because I know that I know this answer, <laughs> but I can't drag it out of my memory bank somewhere. It's way, way, way too many years of abuse on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to go low down into your brain ah, to find out who it was. There we go. And uh the other one you just need to get it in your head. Oh who it was. Yeah. There we go. The worst wrestler of all time. I watched some of his stuff the other day. He's a dangerous cunt and a bully. I hate that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's not good. No, and he tells everyone what professional wrestling should be, and I'm like, you have no fucking clue what professional wrestling should be. You're terrible, mate. <laughs> you always have been. But mo- what have you ever done? 
But more importantly, who on the current AEW roster did Glacier train? Oh. Uh, which roster again? AEW, you say? Yep. Uh, female talent. I, who did Glacier train? I did know this. It's Britt Baker, isn't it? No. Mm. Chris Statlander? No. Mm, don't know them. Think Dark Order. Um, I mean, there's lots of them. I can just name them if you want. Think female. Oh. <laughs> In the Dark Order. Uh, is her name Anna J? That's the one. Yeah. Cool. I knew, I knew it was one of the women because I... I swear I did a fucking wrestling talk video about a woman's wrestler <laughs> and they someone mentioned the old Glacier thing. So, yeah. See, my memory's yeah. disaster. Like, I know all these people. I know these facts. I've seen these matches. Can't fucking remember them, though. So, next week, we've obviously, we've got two more Nitros and then the big pay-per-view mm. for episode 10. So, we're going to see if we can find any more clues of the third man. But... But 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 as Rich mentioned earlier, after we have finished this Nitro trilogy, sorry, this Nitro series, we're going to do a couple of spot shows. And the first one we're going to be doing when after we finish this is going to be Triple Mania from this weekend. Fuck, yeah. I semi-tried to convince you to do it this episode because I just wanted to watch it. <laughs> I think you're right. I, I think we should wait. I was really worried. I was, I was genuinely worried I wouldn't be able to find it, but it's still available on their Facebook feed, the whole show. Mate, they put the whole show on YouTube. Whole show on YouTube, whole show on Facebook, yeah. whole show on Twitch. Gotta love them. Giving it away three for free. Three hours and 44. That's because they steal everything else. Yeah, I mean, copyright doesn't exist in Mexico, so it doesn't really matter, you know? That's fine. I wonder if but, they got DMCA strike for using, like, bad medicine and stuff, because <laughs> I fucking have. <laughs> but, um, so we're going to do that. Now, here's a question, because obviously we don't really want to break up the series, but next week is going to be Christmas week. Oh yeah. Are we no, are we deviating? Here's the thing. Or, right. We should definitely do um Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Cuz we've got a few things we've talked about doing. But none of them are very Christmassy. That's the thing. We need to have Oh, one we, of them is. One of them is very Christmassy. Hold on. How readily acceptable is it for oh. me for legitimate streaming means? Um no, it's part of a storyline that's like ten shows that ends with a very Christmassy pay per view. Um, Balls, we've ruined it. Yeah, no. <laughs> we didn't look at our calendars pro- next year. Um, tell you what, let's do. You've got time to watch a movie, right? Yeah, I handed my notes in today. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do our regular WCW pay for you because I've got next week off. Okay. Okay, so we can I can do two days if you two sessions or whatever if you want to do two sessions or we can just do it in one sitting. I don't really mind. Um, but I've got the time to do it just about. So um, we'll do we'll do Nitro just like a normal numbered episode. Okay. Yep. But we'll also do a Christmas bonus pod, and we will yes. save that for when it comes out is a lovely surprise for our delightful listeners. I like the Christmas pods because they seem to get a lot better action than our actual wrestling coverage. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do as high numbers, but they get bigger reactions. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, if you've got something you want to suggest to us at World of Rest Pod on Twitter, something either holiday or Christmas based that has wrestlers in it, almost anything is up for contention. But not Scooby-Doo. Well, that no. could be funny. 
no, no. I think we'll, we've done a Scooby Doo and didn't go particularly well. So Tom was great. <laughs> it was just what we were watching. Tom was we're brilliant, like, fuck. Yeah. Okay, good. We'll get Tom back on for a wrestling show at some point in the future because I'm intrigued to see whether he's got shit opinions about the wrestling as well as the movies. <laughs> I love you, Tom. <laughs> he knows that this is bad. No, it's still good. I spoke to him about it recently. <laughs> Hi, Tom. We hate Scooby Doo. <laughs> I love the banter. That whole pod, we try so hard not to be like, mate, this is shit. What is going on? He's telling these lovely stories about bonding with his missus and everything. I'm like, what? What? Over this? (laughs) (laughs) Your relationship is nothing. Oh, so funny, man. (laughs) Tom's a good boy, though. Jesus Christ. He's a lovely guy. Lovely guy. Right, let's end this. I'm tired. Uh, At World of Rest pod on Twitter. I'm uh, Fanboy Rich. Watch my shit on Wrestle Talk. Yeah, give it a thumbs up. I do Adam's list. I do all the streams. Just come chat to me in chat. We're doing a live stream for TLC this Sunday. Come talk to me. Keep me entertained. It's fun. Wrestling certainly. It'll be better it? than the product. Yeah. Go on. Who are you? <laughs> I'm at the Tex Williams on all your social platforms for grown ups like um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but not Pornhub because they took down all our content because we're not verified. <laughs> <laughs> If you've listened this far into the show, lovely listener, make sure you listen to After the Music, because I wonder how many people don't actually listen <laughs> to our awesome little outro we have. We've started collecting funny clips that we put into these pods that, uh, you know, maybe there'll be some additions anytime now. Who knows? Everyone loves an Easter egg at Christmas. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. <laughs> Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And again, seriously, giving us 10,000 listens is a real achievement for something that, as we've said several times in this pod, is just an opportunity for us to escape our day-to-day lives and talk shit about wrestling. So the fact that you've joined us for this ride and over 100 episodes of our pod has been outstanding. So thank you very much for coming along. Yeah, it's insane, man. Like We only really get reports on most of the um, the listens we get by soundcloud we don't get like for example apple and spotify numbers and stuff and so to suddenly see that we had ten thousand plays in our pod was just like whoa that's much more than i thought we had that's crazy so yeah like that that's that's just mental thanks guys really appreciate listening yeah we will see you next week for episode eight of ten of the formation of the nwo yep 24th of june nitro Hopefully we get some story next week. So long, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute.